So I, um, I shared this briefly a couple of weeks ago. I felt like the Lord told me that Psalms 23 is going to be an important verse, scripture for 2023. And I'm thinking usually at the first of the year, um, we get to share what we feel like the Lord is sharing. I'm thinking, okay, I've, I've never done this before, but I've actually, I felt like I was supposed to teach it, and I had taught it before. And so um, we just entered into the Hebrew New Year, and I felt like the Lord said, no, I want you to start sharing it now. And so we just entered into 5783, which is 2023. So I feel like this is a prophetic word for the church today, and I think we're going to see why. But I pray that you're blessed. Um, I did this about five and a half, almost six years ago. So I believe the Lord's going to give us a greater wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of him as our personal shepherd as I share it today. And so I have some notes from you, for you. Then I'm going to go rogue for a while. And then we're going to end with some notes because we have some declarations. Amen. I believe every time we hear something, we have the opportunity to change the way we think to repent and receive the new, and then we decree it. And then we just keep doing that. And then pretty soon, everything that we believe and think that's painful and wrong is going to fall to the wayside, and the truth is going to be strong in us. And there's something in this for us at this hour. Um, so when God is exalted to the right place, a thousand problems are solved all at once. A.W. Tozar quoted that. And I just think that's so powerful. It's so true. You guys know that. Psalms 23 is a declaration of God's provision for every need in our lives. It's so powerful. Um, we just got back from a trip in California celebrating my, our firstborn grandson, Elijah, who's turning 21. And we had a great time. Uh, we went to Knott's Berry Farm. We got back last night. We have 20 grandchildren and three are with Jesus. Um, and the Lord showed me this psalm after the loss of one of our babies. And um, I always thought, well, that's a funeral psalm. I mean, you know, that's just what they read at funerals, right? Um, however, it's kind of ironic because I literally was the walking dead. I didn't realize it. But you know, when you're grieving, you don't even realize. I literally was the walking dead. But a friend of mine was giving me ministry and just prophesied, and she said, I want you to consider Psalms 23. And she said, you need to take a closer look at Psalms 23. And I dove into it, and I learned so much. Um, and I found out that Psalms 23 is the living shepherd psalm. It is for today, and it is for this hour. And I believe strongly it's for 2023. And um, it just helped me to navigate the difficulties and agony of life. Anyone relate? Life is hard. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Um, and I thought it was also interesting that Psalms 23 was nestled right in between, of course, 22 and 24. But 22 um, was the suffering Savior before Jesus' death and resurrection. And then Psalms 24 is the resurrected, futuristic, triumphant Savior who's coming back soon. So right in the middle, we get to cling to the living shepherd today in this world. Amen? 
in these six verses, though written poetically, is profound theology with a comprehensive package of the Lord's complete adequacy for us in every circumstance and every situation. How many of you know that? You know that term, I'm preaching to the choir? I'm preaching to the choir. For those of you who have no idea what that means, that means many of you are much wiser and more knowledgeable in the ways of the Lord than I am. What an honor to be up here. That's preaching to the choir. And we're going to find out there's over seven names of God mentioned in Psalms 23, which is so powerful. Names in the biblical days defined who you were and what you were going to do. It was their destiny. Names are of destiny. That's why it's so important to pray what to name your baby. But even if you didn't, God already named your baby. So they're very, very powerful. And God's name over us is so powerful because it defines who he is, what he does over us, and his heart for us. And so I love that as our great shepherd. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to read Psalms 23 together and focus on verse 1 today. And then each month, I'm going to cover one verse, okay? And I'm going to ask you guys to start memorizing it if you don't already memorize it. So let's read this together boldly. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's other versions that I like better, but that's a good memory one, right? There's something about the New King James that's easier to memorize. Okay, so the first um, part of the verse, the Lord is my shepherd, in the Hebrew Greek means the Lord is my fierce protector who leads me, tends to my needs, guides me, cherishes me, feeds me, and protects me. And there's three names of God in this very first verse. Um, and the first one is Lord, which is Jehovah or El. It's God's personal name. Um, the rabbis would put the abbreviations because it was too holy for them to say it out loud. Um, and another name associated with it is Adonai. And in Hebrew, it means this, the strong one leads and sustains me by his hand. So powerful. And then Elohim, Father God creator, refers to the sovereignty and absolute power of God. We've got the absolute powerful God who also leads us by his hand. He chose us to love us and lead us gently, the creator of the universe. That's hard to comprehend. And then the second name of God is for shepherd, I shall not want. Um, it's Jehovah Ra, R-A-A-H. In Hebrew, it literally means man of the eye or watcher. 
sorry, that's the shepherd. That's the shepherd part. I got ahead of myself. I shall not want is the shepherd, is, um, is the name of the provider. I shall not want is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So there's the three names. So um, Lord, Jehovah or El, Adonai, Elohim, that's all Lord. And then um, Jehovah Jireh and Ra for our shepherd. So the metaphor of a shepherd and his sheep is an endearing term used throughout Bible history as a reference to God and his people and Christ and his church, and it's used over 500 times in the Bible. I encourage you guys to start looking up scriptures on the shepherd and the sheep, and there's much, I think this is very interesting, this keeps jumping out at me, there's much to the shepherds or the pastors of the church, and I believe God's dealing with the shepherds and the pastors of the church. So pray for your pastors, leaders, former pastors, pray for the church because we need it big time. Um, here's a couple of examples. Ezekiel 34, 31. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the sovereign Lord. John 10, 11, and we're going to hit more on this in a little bit. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. In the Greek, that means, translates, Poimen, P-O-I-M-E-N, which means tends, leads, guides, cherishes, feeds, and protects a flock. We know David wrote Psalms 23. We know David was a shepherd. His history and relationship with God was cultivated out in the fields as he was caring for the sheep. So he knew very well the role of a shepherd over his sheep. So I'm going to give you some sheep facts every time I share the shepherd's job was to live with the sheep 24-7. He was solely responsible for them. He had to protect them from wild beasts and disease. He was responsible to find food for them and keep them from running off. He knew them intimately, and they knew him. They knew his voice, and they trusted his leadership. Sheep are literally helpless in knowing where to feed, sleep, etc., if one sheep got spooked, they all did. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Church? Sheep are truly one of the most helpless animals created apart from their shepherd and not the smartest animal. As Kurt would say, not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, so we see the parallel between sheep and us. We need, this is in my notes, and is it okay if I share your dream? We need to know our utter dependence on him. We need to know our utter dependence on him. Um, I was praying the Lord would give me a dream, but he gave Kurt one, so I'm just going to share it. I believe this was an intercessory prayer dream this week when we were in California, and um, Kurt was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing, declaring the great need that he has for God. And I know that is God's heart for the American church to know our great need for him at this hour. You know, we're Americans. We have our job. We have our freedoms. We're naked and blind, and we don't even see we're wretched and poor. And so that is my cry. I believe that is God's cry over the church to recognize their great need for him. And then the second part of the verse is equally powerful. I shall not want. I lack nothing. I have everything I need. I always have more than enough. That is so powerful, you guys. I don't know about you, but I grew up in the, a family with a spirit of poverty. And it was just 
not good in many ways. Alcoholism, gambling, the whole bit. But we, we, me and my sister called ourselves scrappers. <laughs> and God kept his hand upon us, which is a miracle. He has not given us a spirit of poverty. The Lord is an upgrader every time. He wants our whole heart so he can do amazing things. And now we get to experience what he does. Not because we deserve it, but just because we're his sheep. It's so powerful. This is a covenant promise from God to his children that we can lay claim to and believe. He is faithful. Back to John 10, 9 and 10. Jesus said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. He has pasture for you no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in the economy, whether you have a great job or not, he has pasture for you. He has a supernatural pasture just for you. Amen? But the thief, say, but the thief, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we need to be mindful of that because the thief is a liar and he perverts every bit of good just enough to make it believable when we're in a vulnerable place or when we're down or when we're feeling beat up or defeated. Amen? But Jesus said, I came so my sheep can have life abundantly. And I love Strong's definition for abundantly. Listen to what it says. Super abundance, excessive Overflowing surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. That's what my God has for me. That's what your God has for you. Philippians 4.19 tells us, and my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. Say that with me. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. Matthew 6, 24 through 33 is of utmost importance for us as Christians to focus on. Jesus is asking them, how can you worship two gods at the same time? You, can worship, you can't worship God while enslaved to the God of money. And I think this is referring to the spirit of poverty, where you just, you're in fear over what your future holds. You're in fear over your provision. You're in fear over your care. And he said, that's why I tell you never to be worried about your life. I'm paraphrasing. For all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your bodies need. Look at the birds. They don't worry because your heavenly father provides for them. Aren't you much more valuable than them? Look at the flowers in the field, how beautifully God clothes them. Won't he even more so clothe you, even though your faith is small. I love that. He gives us a little something. We've got, we've got small faith, but he's so much bigger than that. Amen? And then 31 through 33, so then forsake your worries. Why would you say, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. We're not like the world. We have this fountain that will never run dry. We have this supernatural provision from God that no matter what's going on around me, I have my supply. Amen? So then, and this is the key verse, 33, above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and his righteousness that proceeds from him. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he's going to take care of everything else that you need. You guys, when the storms come, and they've come, and I believe more are coming, 
and everything is going to be shaken that can be shaken. Our trust in God cannot be shaken. When we know him as our provider, it doesn't matter. He's going to do amazing things for us. Refuse to worry about tomorrow. That's what Jesus said. Say that. I refuse to worry about tomorrow. And the challenges that come our way, we live one day at a time. He said tomorrow will take care of itself. One day at a time. I can handle that. Can you guys handle that? It's so good. So, beloved, when we tap into God's kingdom, it's supernatural and all of our provision is in him. I'm going to read Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. Like I shared, we're going to, the speaker's going to share this this weekend. I believe this is also a word for the hour, a word for 2023. Listen, are you thirsty for more? Come to the refreshing waters and drink. Even if you have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come and buy all the wine and milk you desire. It won't cost you a thing. Why spend your hard-earned money on something that can't nourish your soul? Or why do you work so hard for something that can't satisfy? So listen carefully to me, and you'll enjoy a sumptuous feast, delighting in the finest of food. I like the version that says the finest of fare. Pay attention, come closer, that you're, listen to this verse, you guys. This is the passion. That your total being may flourish. Amen? That's what God has for us, you guys, and it's free. And then he said this, I will enter into an eternal covenant with you. The word of God is true. Do you believe the word of God is true? Do you believe it's for you? It's alive and active. We need to start believing it and activating over our lives to access it. We need to renew our minds to wrong beliefs and mindsets. When we do that, it will bring down wrong beliefs from past experiences. And I just love this sentence I'm going to read, so listen in. And make new paths for blessing, abundance, and the greatness of our shepherd for your life. Amen? Listen, the greatest ploy of the enemy is to keep us ignorant about the truth of God and who he is and what he has for us. His character and nature over us. The greatest ploy of the enemy is to cause us to doubt. To doubt that he truly is the good shepherd. His, the enemy, full-time job is to accuse God and accuse the brethren. Um, his accusations are still the same as it was with, um, in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Did God really say... Did God really say he makes you feel frightened or fearful or um, not worthy of God's provision? His blood made you worthy of his provision. He bought you with a price. We are his sheep. We're not our own. It is his glory and pleasure to provide for his sheep. If we could really believe he's our good shepherd with abundant provision for every need, it would literally transform our lives. We know that, right? Um, I'm actually almost finished. I'm just going to share a couple things. Um, and then we're going to do a repentance prayer, and then we're going to do some decrees, okay? So I studied in Hebrew that to become a true son or daughter of God, you have to completely cross over. Now, let me tell you something. I know you know this. 
until you fully cross over, you're lukewarm. Until you give every area of your life to the good shepherd, you are reaching from another broken cistern. It's not the fountain of God. You can't tell me that you trust God and he's not providing when your hope is over here or your hope is over here or your hope is in family or your job or even the government. That is not the fountain that we drink from. And so to become a true son and daughter and serve one God only, you have to completely cross over. All in, baby. All in or nothing. This is not a day. Not a day to be in compromise. This is not a day to trust the media or the government or your next door neighbor, whoever it is. Anything that opposes faith and belief and the power of God is not of God. We have to guard our hearts. You are responsible. I'm responsible for what my heart hears. I'm responsible for what my eyes see. I'm so disappointed in Hallmark. It is not family friendly. Things have shifted, you guys. We need to get that out of our houses. We have to make a stand for righteousness. And then the blessings are going to overtake us. I mean, Kirk and I can just tell you stories of thinking humbly and small, and God goes, no, you're getting this bigger and better and upgrade. That's just who he is. That's just what he does. There is no other way to live. It's powerful. Um, During worship, one of our leaders came over, and this was just a confirmation. I felt like I was going to spend some time on this, but it was a confirmation, and it was a warning to the church. You cannot be lukewarm at this hour. I don't know what that means. I don't know what's coming. Um, I had a storm dream. I've shared it before. It's not here yet. Guess what? There's going to be a storm continuously. In the storm, it was our church. We were not fearful. And um, wisdom told us exactly what to do, and we knew to take the kids and go inside. There was no fear at all. But if you're not fully sold out to him, a true son and daughter, you're going to be fearful. I think things are coming, and we know before Jesus returns, things are coming down the pike that we don't even, we just need to stay hidden under the shelter of his wings because they will terrify us. And the world will be terrified. We are not those people. We are not those people. We stand alone and we walk in the glory of God and we don't look like the world and we don't act like the world. And he alone is our provision because we know things can be stripped away in a nanosecond, right? We, there's nothing worth holding on to in this world except for the Lord. So I'm going to... I'm going to read a prayer, and if you guys agree, you can say it with me, okay? And then I'm going to end with some declarations. I did really good on time. Here's the prayer. Father, I ask you to forgive me for trusting in other gods for my provision, my job, myself, others, the government. I declare and decree that all my provision comes from you. Do you want to repeat that with me? Okay. Let's stand up, because we're actually going to start ending. Father... I ask you to forgive me for trusting in other gods for my provision, my job, myself, others, the government, anything besides you. I repent 
I ask you to change the way I think, God. I declare and decree that all my provision comes from you. Amen. And the, the word says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. We decree we are turning all of our affections and needs towards you today. We decree we are turning all of our affections and needs towards you today. You alone are my good shepherd and my provider. All of my fountains are in you. I cross over completely to become a true son and daughter of the supernatural provision you have provided for me. Amen. Okay. These are two great verses that you can declare and decree anytime you just feel like you need that extra faith and comfort that the Lord is my shepherd. I love this. Psalms 103 through 5. You guys going to read it with me? Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. And I love this last verse in Hebrews. It's a great promise for us that God is always working on our behalf, whether we feel it, see it, or think it. Because how many of you know our feelings are not valid? They're just like, don't even listen to your feelings. The word of God is true. Ready? Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep. Say that again. That great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you. Say, working in me, working in me, what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, church. Bless you. We're going to have the ministry team come up. Um, we're going to do a little ministry time. And I really want to focus on needs today. Someone who's been struggling, who just needs a bit of a breakthrough, you can come up for whatever you want. But if there's a need that you've been crying out to God, let us pray for you and agree with you for a breakthrough over that need, whether it's a job, financial, health, Whatever you need, God knows what you need. Amen? And I actually have a prophetic word I'm going to share. 